Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. There there was a bear bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. I uh, apologize in advance for this voice of mine. Um, I don't know if you noticed on the last episode, I was clearing my throat a lot, and that was the beginning of a hellacious flu. So, <laughs> this is the tale. sexy flu voice. Uh, it's my no, sexy it's flu voice. Sexy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, before we get right into everything, um, first and foremost, uh, this podcast does contain spoilers. So if you don't want to be spoiled on anything, don't listen. Um, recovering Jamie 3, the sword fucking episode. That's its <gasps> official title. <laughs> <laughs> and tonight you may have already heard I've got the usual suspects. Um, we have Whitey. Hi everyone, this is YD and you can find me at Yellow Delaney on Tumblr. And Torg. Hey, this is Torg. I am Evil Torg over on Tumblr. Eon. Hey, this is Eon and I'm Eon Blue Negative on Tumblr. Chicky. Hi, this is Chicky. I am Chikrin on Tumblr. And I am Lot, uh, Lady of Tarth hyphen posts on Tumblr. Perfect. Yeah, kind of. Um, okay, um, also before we get into the chapter discussion, I just thought maybe I better throw a trigger warning out there because there is a bit of rape discussion in this uh, chapter. So just Good putting idea. that out there now. Violence too, there's violence too. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's in every chapter. Sword fucking. There's sword fucking. Sword fucking. <laughs> there's, violent se- there's violent sexual metaphors in this chapter. <laughs> there's, there's the death of a beloved character nobody really cared about. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot already. I read the wrong chapter. We're not reading brand one. <laughs> I thought you, I thought you meant Jamie's hand. Like that is a beloved character. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So let's uh, start. Um, so we open with a landscape um, that's been war torn. War torn. It's blackened and burned fields and bridges. And uh, there's a description of wolves howling in the distance. And there's no people. They are at Maiden Pool. It's uh, Lord Mouton's red salmon. Banner is still flying over his castle, but the town surrounding the castle is destroyed and deserted. The pool itself is choked with corpses. Um, Jamie starts singing a song about the six maids in the pool, which totally antagonizes Brienne. <laughs> and uh, he even says that he'd... Uh, well, I have back washing. Does he make a comment about washing her back? <laughs> Yes, he does. Okay, I knew I wrote that for a reason. And uh, (laughs) she um, has that line again where she's saying, "My name is Brienne." So you kind of see that a lot, where they're um, poking fun at each other. Um, So loud, she yells, "My name is Brienne!" That crows are sent flying. Um, Jamie agrees when Brienne chooses the road to Duskendale. And I kind of just threw that in there because it's, again, showing how they kind of have a similar mind in their decision-making processes. 
Um, Jamie thinks of Cersei and how he would never, how they could never be apart from each other for long, or him apart from her. Um, he reveals that Joanna Lannister had caught them as young children doing something sexual. He couldn't quite remember what and how she had separated the twins after that and told them they must never do it again. And uh, she died shortly after, so she didn't keep them apart. Um, so this is kind of like an obvious question, but um, do you think things would have been very different if Joanna had lived? With Jamie and Cersei? Yeah. No. <laughs> really? Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I gotta hear this. I think they would have found their way to each other no matter what barriers present yeah. themselves. I mean, it sounds like they were doing it anyway when she was alive, so why wouldn't they continue? Yeah. Perhaps. Aww. Maybe it wouldn't have been to such a degree. I, I don't know. It seems like she was at least keeping an eye on them. Whereas She would have been aware. Maybe they couldn't have had the free access to one another, but yeah, I think it still would have gone down. That was happening. I, I think I Joanna would have made it a lot difficult, a lot more difficult for them to actually pursue it. Yeah, they might have. They might have. They might have had a harder time finding uh, places and times to get the job done. <laughs> I I don't know. I think it would have been pretty different. Um, I mean, I I think a main reason why they did you know, keep going back to one another was that they could and uh, nobody knew about it. So I really do think Joanna probably would have succeeded somewhat in keeping them apart. It, they would have wanted each other and they probably would have, uh, I don't know, rebelled maybe a little bit, but... I don't know. She, I think she could have put a little bit of brakes on, but yeah, I think it would have happened regardless. I mean, it was happening Rock anyway. It's a pretty big place. I think they would have found <laughs> places to... Uh... <laughs> Nooks and crannies. <laughs> yeah. Mm, I don't know. I think I kind of... I'm going to be uh, the voice of dissension. <laughs> I really think that um, Tywin's pretty self-involved, and I don't think he did a very good job rearing his children. I kind of think Joanna... As a mother, I just, I, I think if she would have been the one that was conscious of the happening, I'm pretty sure she would have been in the middle of it. I don't but, know. If I recall correctly, it wasn't even Joanna that caught them. It was one of the maids who then told Joanna. So it wasn't Joanna keeping an eye on the children. Um, I read, when I we read this chapter, I'm pretty sure he said he that Joanna Lannister caught them as young children. No, the maid caught them and then Joanna had his room moved away from Cersei's. Damn. All right, so. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I agree with you. She probably could have run static, but I think if anything, it's, I think it was going to happen. I mean, it was already happening with her alive. So why would we think anything different? You know, yeah. It would okay. have continued. Well, we beat that one to death. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, 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 wait. Mm-hmm. So, okay, let's go back a little bit to Maidenpool for yes. just a yes. sec. Or okay. Two. Yes. Uh, okay, so... <laughs> How many times in this book already has Jamie um, made suggestions about Brienne um, taking off some clothing? <laughs> I haven't I think been so. counting. <laughs> I think several. And not only that, but how many times has he done it in the context of comparing her to his lover? Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. He's always got to yeah. throw in the Cersei comparison. Yeah. <laughs> I, guess. I mean, he, he hasn't been around any women for like a year. <laughs> 
think that's it, though, because he thinks she's totally ugly. He doesn't say it in the context of him thinking of her as attractive. No, it's kind of like a subconscious thing. He just automatically links them in his mind. It's it's really interesting. You guys know I just – I agree with you. (laughs) I know. (laughs) No, you don't lie. We know the truth. Jamie Cersei Shipper. You know. (laughs) I've infiltrated this JB fandom. (laughs) And I love, too, I love, too, how, like, done with him she is in this. Like, you kind of – picking up from from chapter two where they left off when they had their little uh tete-a-tete after uh cleo's fray went to sleep and and they were at each other's throats and he thinks to himself that brianne wants to kill him i love that again he kind of revisits that and she's looking at him like she wants to kill him again here i love how they're just about done with each other at this point i love how that you can feel it building yeah, yeah, you really can there's this uh i think i labeled it as uh pre-sword fucking tension It's definitely like um, this grade school kind of picking on each other thing that they do, where they kind of just blow up. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Oh, go ahead. Has anybody, like, looked into the whole story of Florian and Jonquil? Because I was looking at Florian and Jonquil, and it sounds... It, you can almost parallel it to, like, Jamie and Brienne, almost. Can you, like, um, go into that a bit? Because, like, I read that, but I kind of just glazed over it when they mentioned it. <laughs> okay, I mean, Florian was a fool, and he was also a knight. And he wore this outfit of motley. Um, he was also homely. And he had a famous sword. And he spies this maiden, that's this beautiful maiden in a pool, and she's naked. And, um... Yeah, um, I thought it was pretty similar. I mean, so would Jamie be the beautiful maiden? I think so. (laughs) Jamie's always the beautiful maiden. He's he's the pretty princess. Pretty boy. It's it's interesting because you know, um, Sand Sand shippers very much claim the Florian and Jean Keel. I don't know. Would you call it a fairy tale? I know there's a song about it. It's it's uh, that's the song that Sansa is is, um, supposed to sing for Sander when he comes uh, to try to convince her to leave King's Landing with him. Right. Yeah. I don't know if it's Six Maids in a Pool, but it's some song about Florian and John Keel. And also, also in A Feast for Crows, um, Brian remembers her nurse talking about telling yeah. her tales of Florian and John Keel. And I'm sure that's probably what really pissed her off whenever Jamie was singing that song. That's <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> a good insight. It was probably one of her favorite songs. Hmm. Okay, um, we'll go on. Uh, Jamie thinks um, Stannis and the Starts have done him a favor by revealing the incest between himself and Cersei. Um, he wants, he reveals that he wants to marry her and um, swords can keep Joffrey on the throne. So he's thinking, you know, the Targaryens did it. Why can't we let the Lannisters know that, um, let everybody know that the Lannisters are also above the laws of gods and men. So how disastrous would that have been if Jamie had taken that route to try to keep, um, I guess, to declare himself and Cersei and their children and to try to maintain the throne with swords? I love how he wants to marry uh, Joffrey and Marcella, too, oh, just to, like, no. drive the yes. point home. That was yeah, kind of bring that one up. Like, uh. does he not realize what a douchebag Joffrey is? Like, what a crazy little twerk? <laughs> no, I think he does. He has no idea at this point. I- I well, love Jamie, but he is not a thinker. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not at this stage in the game, <laughs> I don't think. Because I don't know. I think this is one of those times where he's got a point, he, you know, in that he understands where the real power with the throne is. I mean, mm-hmm. 
nobody knows better than Jamie what it takes to dethrone a monarch. And um, I think he, he has a point with it. Um, his thing is he doesn't care about the throne. He doesn't care about keeping it. And if you don't care about keeping the throne, you could do what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. But if you do care, obviously it's a problem. Yeah, I, I just don't see that scenario playing out well. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't see it ending without their heads on spikes. No, you can't. Yeah. You can't. You can't have both. You can't do both. Yeah, the climate of Westeros would not put up with that. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Um, so he wants to return Sansa and Arya um, more for the amusement over the reactions of others. Um, he likes doing, I guess, the opposite what people expect of him. Not so much about keeping his oath. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and then when he's in the middle of thinking this, they are unexpectedly shot at with arrows. Um, Cleos falls with his foot caught in the stirrup and his head is um, bashed against the ground as the horse runs away. Um, Bri- Bri- I didn't even remember this part, but Brienne has an arrow in her back and in her leg. And <laughs> she's like completely maneuvering. Like she doesn't even feel it. She circles her horse and is looking for the bowman. And uh, Jamie shouts out behind the wall. And then he shouts at them. And then this is just like another moment again where they, she, they just kind of in unison and in sync head for the wall towards the archers to scare them off. Um, they find poor Cleos. He is weighted. <laughs> his head is um, smashed to a pulp. And uh, Jamie wants his clothes. He starts uh, going for the clothes. And uh, Pran is shocked. And she says, he was your cousin. And uh, Jamie's like, was. And uh, I am amply provisioned in cousins. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> um, does anyone want to talk about the archers or anything before I keep going? I love how inexperienced you can tell Brienne is here. Like he's basically teaching her how to deal with this kind of an attack. You know, Mm -hmm. clearly she has no experience of it, but she's a quick learner. That's she is a quick learner and she's brave, which of course, you know, he loves. And the other thing about it that I think is, is kind of cool and telling is like how disturbed she is at seeing Cleo's dead. You know, it's very clear. She hasn't dealt with many dead bodies and she isn't accustomed to this. Jamie does not care at all, even though they're related. He's immediately <laughs> Jamie's like course. way over it. <laughs> well, we should probably talk about Cleo's Frey at this point, shouldn't we? I mean, we Aww. haven't really talked too much about it. Poor Cleo's Frey. He was a guy that was always around when we didn't need a third guy around. <laughs> <laughs> well, my take on Cleo's was always that he was just there as kind of a an example of what it's like in Jamie's head when he actually doesn't like somebody or when he actually has no respect for someone. It's to kind of yes. show you the difference between how he feels about Brienne and how he feels about Cleo's that yeah, that is exactly he actually does have a lot of respect for Brienne despite the things that he says. Yeah, I could, I could see that. No, well, it, I think I discussed this maybe in a couple of, oh, maybe it was last podcast, I'm not sure, where uh, it's pretty evident throughout the chapters where Cleos is in um, how much he compares and contrasts. Jamie compares and contrasts him and Brienne, and it and obviously Cleos comes up very short in the comparison. Hmm. Yeah, and you know it's interesting how little he thinks about Cleos taking his clothes off or anything like that too. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's kind of weird. It is weird because you know. I mean. It's just I mean, Cleos is related to him. Broken. He should be going yeah. right for that. He really should. He should. He should want to get him in maiden pool and scrub his back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he also describes how it's not much Lannister blood through this one. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> it looks more like a fray. 
not sexy. <laughs> it's funny, actually, because uh, Jamie does compare Cleos to Cersei, and uh, somehow that comparison doesn't involve Jamie wanting to get Cleos naked, so that's really <laughs> odd. <laughs> Uh, well, we did a little bit of stripping Cleos after he died, I must say. That's, oh, you have got a point there. That's a really good point. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he did want to get him out of his clothes. Yeah, and he did. <laughs> well, he kind of did. Um, but really, he was after Cleos's sword and his actual sword and not his penis. <laughs> 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 so as Jamie's reaching for Cleos's sword, Brienne is not down with that. They they start to argue, and um, he says that he'll swear an oath he won't use it on her. And she tells him his oaths are worthless. He ignores her and um, starts undoing the sword belt. Brienne yells at him to stop. Jamie pulls the sword free and swings it at her. She um, has her own sword free, and she manages to block his strike. And then they have a bit of an argument, you know, give me the sword. No, or I'll give you the sword. <laughs> He's going to give her the sword. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> As they fight, um, Jamie thinks how Brienne um, might give him a contest because he is in chains. And uh, as they fight, Brienne holds her own. So this is another kind of like obvious question and one that's probably been asked a little too much, but I don't care. I'm going to ask it anyway. So Jamie's in chains. He's been in a dungeon for a year, um, but Brienne is trying not to kill him. If they were just like on a field, both at full strength, is there any chance Brienne would beat Jamie or how do you see that going down? Oh, wow. <laughs> Jamie wins. Jamie yeah. wins. Yeah. I mean, even Brienne thinks it later in Feast. Yeah. Who can cheat and- I love how we just spoil what we haven't gotten to yet. But <laughs> I, I, I announced it at the beginning. We so, spoil everything. Yep. So I think we're all unanimous. There's no chance that Brienne would ever beat Jamie if they're. Well, I wouldn't say no chance. I mean, there's a reason that you know it's like sporting events. There's a reason that you play the game. There's a reason that you would have the fight. But mm. um, yeah, no, she she would probably lose. I think it would be one hell of a fight, though. It would be yeah. one hell of a sword fight. I know that she's really good. I mean, in high school, I used to fence, and whenever I'd go to sword uh, into fencing competitions, I mean, you play to your ability, and whenever you're fencing somebody that is extremely good, you're going to do your absolute best. Whereas if you're fencing somebody that's, you know, not very great, you're not going to do very good, and it would be very. It would have been a very great. No. Good point. But, Eon, where have you been hiding this secret sword fighting knowledge that we I didn't know. have? Uh, I never think about about it? it. I never think about it. I'm going to have to run some uh, chapters by you in the future. Who <laughs> <laughs> she was an expert on this. This is like new information. Yeah. All right. Good Full to of know. surprises. Good to know. I might have to change your the house I sort at you in later, but uh, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so as they're fighting, um, Jamie pauses and uh, she tells him, I would not hurt you, Kingslayer. They fight some more. Jamie's getting winded, but is um, still throwing his verbal barbs in the process. And as he tires, um, Brienne is pressing the attack and he's realizing that she's pretty damn strong. And I just want to point out that she draws first blood and cuts him just above the eye. Um. Brienne pushes him into a brook. His footing slips on a rock, 
and he manages to turn and as she parry she does parry the attack but um he manages to get a slice on her with his sword and a red flower blossoms <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Awesome. now i know you guys are just chomping at the bit to throw <laughs> in all the sexual innuendo and all the sexual language in this um this fighting sequence so who wants to go <laughs> Actually, before we do that, I just wanted to point out one thing, which is going back to the line that you just mentioned a lot, where Brian tells Jamie, I would not hurt you, Kingslayer. And he immediately responds, as if you could. And uh, it was really interesting because I was recently rereading some of Brienne's chapters in Feast and the exact same exchange goes down between Brienne and Hyle, but this time it was um, Hyle saying, don't worry, I won't hurt you, and Brienne immediately snaps back, as if you could. So I, just, <laughs> I, really, yeah, I really enjoyed that little bit of symmetry and I'm wondering somebody if Brienne has been there. Somebody. <laughs> Brienne's been taking notes. <laughs> So what other uh, language came up? Kissing, swords kissed. Yeah, well, yeah, the swords kissed. They sprang apart and they kissed again. <laughs> um, there's, there's this great paragraph where, uh, oh, man, I'd, I would read it out, but it might take too long. But essentially it's uh, talking about Jamie pressing forward, forward, faster, 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 and you're oh, breathless. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, you know, obviously... <laughs> <laughs> that reads that reads fairly sexual to me. Is it just me? I don't know. No, oh, gosh. I got warm when you were reading yeah. that. <laughs> Giving me the kiss not, of not the vapors. <laughs> she got the flu, okay. Um and you know, Jamie, Tell us more, Whitey. You know, Tell us more. <laughs> I got one. I got one. Can we still- like- No, you go ahead, Eon. Okay, like still rang, still sang, still screamed and sparked and screamed. Yes. And the woman started grunting like a sound. Yes! Fresh! She starts, Brian starts grunting with every thrust of the sword. I mean, come on. And then, of course, there's, you know, the um, comparison of the fight to a dance, which is, is not unusual in the book. But then Jamie obviously says the line, come on, come on, my sweetling, the music's still playing, might I have this dance, my lady. Um, he pinned her against a tree. We all like a bit of pinning oh, action. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, here comes the giggles. <laughs> this isn't going to go well, is it? Keep going, keep going. <laughs> but, you know, Jamie's, Jamie is, I'm going to talk a little bit about how Jamie really enjoys fighting. And, um, you know, they talk about his blood singing and it's clearly a good fight gets him off. I mean, come on. Definitely. I mean, Jamie's um, always said that. I mean, he's always yeah, felt well, alive Cersei, fighting and fucking. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. In um in a in Clash, uh Cersei actually says to Sansa, um, Jamie told me once that he only feels truly alive in battle and in bed. And I honestly I think both of those things are happening for him right now. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's getting everything he always wanted in like the same package. Yeah. And he's really well, that's excited exactly right. And I think it's great because he's so conflicted and you can really feel it. He's he's so into the fight, he's so into Brienne and her strength and her pretty pretty eyes and he so wants to kill her or fuck her and he, he doesn't so know and it's, so one, and it's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Poor dumb Gosh. Jamie. Can you imagine? I mean, like the chance, like if the, whenever they actually do the do, it's going to be like this. Uh, it's going to be. Well, I think it's going to be super athletic for a start. 
<laughs> I think that's oh, I think it's going to resemble a fight. It's going to be really violent yeah. and awful. And- God, yeah. I hope so. No, no, you mean, sorry, talk, you mean violent and amazing, not violent and awful. <laughs> By awful, I mean amazing. No. I know what you it's mean, I know. Awful. And, you know, obviously, Lot mentioned the uh, the red flower. <laughs> He's th- come on, his sword bites into her thigh and she bleeds. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's some sort of uh, metaphor happening there. And then, you know, <laughs> Jamie savors the sight of the blood on her thigh, which... <laughs> Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, as the fights, the fights coming to an end, and Brienne uh, gets out of the, I think she's in the pond or whatever. Um, it says she's all mud and blood below the waist. Her clothing askew, her face red, and Jamie thinks she looks as if they caught us fucking instead yep. of fighting. <laughs> I wonder why that might be. <laughs> and I love how much smack he talks in this. Like you get yes. such a feeling of Jamie is like a jock. I mean, you kind of get the idea that. Yeah sword fighting is comparable to like being a big sports nut or something in our society like even the way that he compares her at different points to like other people like as far as strength he like is ranking her basically (laughs) like i kind of love that he does that it is a huge part of their society i mean they have all the the tournaments and whatnot so i think it is you know it is the sport of westeros it does does to show you like how much he thinks of her to like put her up with those other people that he's pitting himself against, right? Yeah, and it's interesting is when he, when they initially start the fight, um, Jamie is not particularly concerned. He's just really eager to get into it because he loves fighting, but he's not concerned that, you know, Brienne poses any sort of challenge. He's just kind of, oh, yeah, this will be a bit of fun and then I'll dispose of the wench. Um, And then as the fight goes along, he starts to be a bit concerned and then suddenly he realises that she's stronger than he is. Um, and then he really starts to worry. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, I thought that was quite interesting as well. Yeah. And it's like, so believably someone who is a connoisseur of something or who is at the top of a, a certain kind of game or something, just the way that he, even as she's like beating him and, and, you know, you yes. know how that must feel for Jamie to be beat by anyone, let alone, you mm. know, probably a woman, even, yeah. even in Westeros, even though in Westeros, Jamie's not too much of a misogynist. Of course, it's a misogynistic society. But yeah. you, you feel him, like, respecting her and just kind of like a connoisseur, like, kind of, you know, tipping his hat to someone who's good or who's doing something yeah. well. Kind of the way that people who are good at things just acknowledge other people who are good. I just love that, like, extra mm-hmm. level of respect you feel him building for her throughout the fight. It's just kind of, it's it's background, but it's there. Like, yep. it, it yeah, comes no, out it the smack talk and the taunting. I love it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, YD mentioned that she was in... Um, they were in water. It's like a, a brook. And um, Jamie's <clears throat> happy he's injured Brienne for about a millisecond before um, she starts smashing his arm against the rocks. And she kicks the sword away and she's starting to shout for him to yield. They roll and they fight in the water and um, Jamie grabs her dagger. Um, oh, the, sorry. This is the part where she smashes his arm into the rocks. Um demanding he yield um she pretty much starts half-ass drowning him at this point yeah, that was hot. <laughs> which is hilarious because jamie knows that she's not gonna kill him so <laughs> but yeah she just keeps dunking his head under yield yield I love when he spits the water in her face he like spits water in her face it sounds yeah. like something out of like a comedy right really and he even goads her oh and break your oath like me she threatens yeah. to drown him and I like how he can still act like a dick when he's getting half drowned. <laughs> and um, 
<clears throat> and then you hear coarse laughter erupting from the woods. And uh, that's when he thinks um, that it looks like they've been fucking instead of fighting. And uh, Jamie gives the men the line about um, how he's been caught chastising his wife. And uh, he recognizes the men who's caught them as the scum of the earth, the brave companions, the AKA bloody mummers. You know what's funny about the uh, the chastising his wife line is that the uh, – I don't know if it's uh, Earthswick or whoever it immediately comes back with. It looks like she was chastising you, yeah. which, you know, good call. Yep. <laughs> well, I, I, I know I know it's not – I know Locke isn't Earthswick and Locke isn't um, <laughs> Vargo Hope, but I can't help but hear that those lines in his voice. <laughs> <laughs> that's because you that's because of your immense love of Noah I know. Taylor. <laughs> May he rest in peace. <laughs> uh, so uh Brianne offers them gold and they tell her that's a start and then there's a bunch of jokes about her getting raped. Um Jamie doesn't like what's going on. Um and he asks who's in charge and uh Urswick identifies that he is in charge and also calls him Sir Jamie, so he knows who this guy is. Um, and I thought it was interesting that Jamie om- almost immediately has this dramatic shift in the way he becomes protective of Brienne. Like, this is a woman he was just trying to kill. And now when he sees how these guys are, you know, threatening to rape her, he um, becomes protective of her. Yeah, without even having to think about it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think there's kind of two things going on there. I think you're right. I think he is trying he does want to protect her and I think it's not the first time he's he's shown protective behavior of her. Um I guess he kind of I don't know, it felt to me like even from the very first chapter together he sort of had that protective instinct even though she was his captor and you know he kind of wants to kill her as well. Um so yeah, he he does want to protect her and also I think um, you know, as we talked, or Chicky just mentioned a little bit briefly before, Jamie is one of the few knights, I think, or, or men, I guess, in Westeros that has, you know, less misogynistic views. Um, and he, he obviously has a very big aversion to rape because of his prior experience with Aerys and, and Rayella. Um, and I think that's sort of stayed with him, although he obviously already had those those thoughts about, you know, how rape is bad prior to that. Um, so I think, you know, he would be one of those people that would immediately try and jump in and, and save a woman from rape if he could. But, yes, I do think that he's he feels protective of Brienne specifically as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, very good. Um, so t- Jamie tells Urswick that there's a reward um, for himself and that Brienne is highborn and suggests that they can get a good ransom for her. He asks where the goat is and Urswick um, <clears throat> corrects Jamie and says it's Lord Vargo and that he's been given Heron Hall. And Jamie wonders if his father has lost his senses um, and asks for the chains to be taken off. So he's, you know, he's thinking these guys are still in Tywin's um, charge, but they are not. Urswick just chuckles at Jamie, and uh, that's when he realizes something is off. And that's when Urswick reveals that they are now with um, the North and Lord Bolton specifically. Um, Jamie makes a comment, um, that, and they. They say I have shit for honor, so he's kind of in, uh, kind of um, turning that around on the. Ah, I'm all fumbly on this one. <laughs> 
Um, so anyway, these guys attack Jamie and Brienne. It takes four men to subdue um, Brienne, and they knock out two of her teeth. Brienne is limping from where um, Jamie had stabbed her, and Jamie feels sorry for her, knowing that she's going to be raped probably repeatedly. They are tied back to back and put on the plow horse together. So, YD, you're the expert in the horses. What does this mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, it's funny that you bring up the horses. <laughs> Everyone's just muting now for the next four minutes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Everybody go grab yourself a sandwich. <laughs> YD's time to shine. It's time for horse chat. <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say that, oh, God, I don't remember who I mentioned this to. I'm pretty sure it wasn't Chicky. <laughs> um, but I was talking about, uh, might have been Glam actually yesterday, how I was so sad when they, um, they shot this scene in the, oh, well, I don't know if it was this scene or when they had Jamie and Brian on the horse together anyway in Game of Thrones and they didn't have them facing each other. I don't know. I just, I wanted <laughs> to see that. So I was a bit sad that that, that didn't translate mm-hmm. from the book. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't. If there's any horse metaphor to be had here. I'm just making sure. I'm just making sure. You know, something about the show, I think I heard that they, you know, they did do the one back-to-back scene on the horse. And I think they said something about it being so troublesome during shooting that they scrapped plans that they had had to keep them bound together on a horse. I believe I heard something about that. Oh, Oh, man. Damn horses. Yeah. so uh, Jamie tries to make a deal directly with Urswick. Um, he offers him gold and a knighthood if he takes him directly to King's Landing. Urswick has a moment where it seems like he's pondering the idea. And then uh, he lazily slaps Jamie. <laughs> and he says, what an he, insult. Yep. <laughs> says he'd be a fool to believe an oathbreaker. Jamie wishes for a sword at that point. And then he thinks, no, two. One for him and one for Brienne. And uh, they would die, but they would die fighting. They're already a team. They're a team at this point. Yep. Yeah, they are. They are. It's it's funny actually. Even uh, just skipping slightly ahead, when you know Jamie thinks about, <coughs> excuse me. Um, oh, where was I going? Now I've totally lost my train of thought. Anyway, yes, they are a te- they are a team. Um, as you say, Jamie calls for two swords, and I think you know he's just willing to go down fighting at this point with Brienne. Yeah, I like that he included her in that thought. Yeah, I did too. Um, So Brienne uh, asked Jamie why he told Urswick that Tarth was rich in sapphires, and she corrects him that it's for the blue of its waters. And he says, shout it louder. (laughs) The sooner they know that, the sooner your raping begins. Um, Just close your eyes and pretend they're all friendly. Um, So that keeps her quiet. You know, can I just, I just wanted to say there, it's interesting because uh, if you look a little closer, you kind of see that when Jamie starts, because it does sound a little bit harsh when Jamie starts saying, you know, oh, you know, whatever, yell louder, you're going to start, you're going to get raped anyway. Um, and, you know, <laughs> to me that sounds a bit harsh, but when you think about it, every time Jamie reacts in that sort of way, it's because Brienne has actually um, insulted him in some way. So I think she said, um, you know, is every word you say a lie, Kingslayer? Um, and that's when Jamie reacts, you know, shout a little louder, you know, the sooner they know, the sooner the rapes begin and every man here will mount you. Um, so, and that is, that is just a recurring thing with Jamie. And I think we've talked about this a little bit before about how Jamie just really, really wants Brienne somehow to think highly of him. And he, he gets really, truly insulted when she, you know, when she starts insulting him. 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, guess, I guess see that. I also think too, is, um, he is trying to protect her and she's not making it easy. <laughs> you know, well, that too. He could be getting frustrated, right? Yeah. Well, I think yeah. it's, it's just like, it's just like when he went for Cleos's sword, you know, and, and ended up fighting her. That's it's exactly like, right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, this, it's the same thing of she just constantly doesn't trust him. And you understand as a reader yeah. why she doesn't, you understand why they don't trust one another, but it's frustrating. No, you're like, if you idiots would just trust each other, you probably <laughs> would be much better off. Yeah. Right. You tell him, Chicky, you tell him. <laughs> uh, Jamie so, would still have his hand if you idiots could just get lost. <laughs> I would have a bunch of kids by now, <laughs> <laughs> and Sansa would be there, and there'd be rainbows and a unicorn. Sun would be Yay, shining. Ponies. Would there be rabbits? And would it be sparkly? Lots, so many, <laughs> as far as the eye can see. Like, <laughs> I think he really likes her feistiness because if you think if she would have been a yeah. lot like Sir Cleos, I don't think she, yeah. he would have had very much respect for her. Not at all. It's funny you say that, Eon, because um, much earlier in the chapter, he does actually think of um, uh, Cleos and he, he essentially says, oh, um, you know, he's so bored with his company. He doesn't say that he's bored with Brienne. He's just he's no. bored with Cleos. <laughs> Which who could blame him? I mean, uh, come on. Aww. Oh, oh, so. oh Tog is like a, a Cleos lover, is she? <laughs> Poor Cleos. <laughs> I just, everyone shits on him so much. Oh. Okay, so they ride up. Cleos, killed by his own horse. <laughs> they ride up to a sept and it's being sacked by the other members of the Brave Companions. And they're desecrating um, the statues of the seven, um, including a very fat Dothraki who will play a role later on in the chapter. <laughs> uh, Brienne tries to get the ear, pun intended, of Argo Hote. <laughs> he commands that she be silenced, and um, she immediately is pulled from her horse and kicked, and Urswick tells him not to break her bones. Um, she's worth her weight in sapphire. So seems like Jamie's words have worked. Um Jamie is taken to where Ho is eating his bird, <laughs> bird of some kind, doesn't really specify. <laughs> Jamie tries to uh, strike a deal, tells him Tywin will play- pay for him. Ho agrees, but first he must deliver a message. Jamie is pinned to the ground, his arms are stretched outwards, and uh, Jamie just thinks that they're meaning to scare him, and he's um, he thinks no sellsword will make him scream. Chop, chop! Jamie screams. <laughs> Um, do you guys remember your initial reaction to this scene? Well, my oh. initial reaction was when I saw it on TV, and uh, uh, yeah, I was I was pretty surprised. I, I actually I read this. I read this before I saw it on on TV, like yeah, before season too. three aired. And whenever I read it, I thought that he might they might have killed him. Yeah, I think oh. I had that thought too, Eon. Oh, yeah. Wow. Ooh. Well, yeah, it, it kind of reads like they really tickled him really harshly. Tickle. So that brings us to the end of the chapter. Um, does anybody want any to bring up anything I might have missed along the way? Well, I always that found it funny that it's a Dothraki that does the chopping. Yeah. Because, um, you know, you don't really see many Dothraki in. Yeah. Yeah. Westeros. No. And it's like, yeah, how did he get man, there? Well, they're all from the east, right? Like they're yeah, all. There's, yeah, there's most of the swords. brave companions are from Essos. Yeah, and but it, it's interesting because you know, like 
I don't know. I'll just think of a Danny, Danny tie-in kind of with it. Cause here we managed to find a Dothraki with an Arak who is the one who yeah. cuts off Jamie's hand. You think that's going to play hand that's in there? <laughs> no, I hope not. God, I hope not. I just, no. <laughs> I just think it's one of those funny little things that George likes to do, throw in there. Yeah. Like, Another funny little thing is, uh, I don't know, but I swear Margot Hote reads like a Bond villain to me. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> firstly, firstly oh. there's the ridiculous lisp, which I think is actually really good in this chapter because it provides a little bit of levity in what is otherwise a really <laughs> disturbing scene. But I mean... Yeah. Like just not just the list, but what he says. I mean, Kingslayer, you are my captain. Who says that? Like, oh, and he's eating that half-cooked bird, and like the blood is spilling down his like goatee yeah. and stuff. I'm just like, dude, like sal- salmonella would be, you know, prevalent back then. I mean, you need to cook your meat. Mm-hmm. He just needs, like, a cat sitting on his lap that he can stroke and it would be perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Sir Pounce. I don't know. Oh, no, no, no. He's a big personality. I like, I like, I mean, as a villain, I like him. Yeah, he was fun to read. Yeah, me too. Definitely fun to read. Um, So, that brings us to the end, but I believe we have a ton of questions that we can get (gasps) into. We've got quite a lot of time, so let's let's, um, start. I think, Whitey, you have those, right? I do. Um, ooh, there's quite a few to choose from. I think uh, this one this one kind of tickled me. Um, so this is from uh, Alice, who is Apples Are Happy on Tumblr. And uh, she would like to know, if you guys lived in the world of a song and ice and fire, which house would you be in? And also, what would your profession or status be? She's got noblewoman, warrior, servant, etc. I love this question, too. <laughs> Did I actually sort it, all of you? Oh, no. <laughs> Excellent. Lot can tell us where we belong. Okay, Go so, ahead. YD, you would definitely be a higher-ranking uh, one of the noble houses. I was thinking maybe, like, a Tyrell, because you're friendly with everybody. <laughs> I'm friendly, but I have malicious intent. Yeah, that's you. <laughs> so I put Whitey and Tyrell. Uh, Chicky. <clears throat> Chicky would have no house. <laughs> oh. <laughs> She'd be a maester. Um, even though she's not a dude, <laughs> they'd let her in. <laughs> they would. They would. I totally would. Because she knows so much. Yep. Well, you know, she can disguise herself as a man and go through it. You can that's do that. Like, yeah. yeah. There's precedent for that. Yeah, so get yourself some chains. That's what you'd be. Uh, Eon, I wrote House Spicer just for fun because you brought me, you gave me Text Joy seasoning. (laughs) 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 But um, no, but I can't help but think of uh, Eon as a Reed because the Reeds just like they're kind of loyal friends. And that's how I see Eon. And uh, now we we know that. Sword fighting expertise. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta go back and think about that. Um, but Torg, her sigil is definitely a mockingbird. Torg is Littlefinger. She's like a master of chaos. It's a ladder. I would love her for Get out, Torg. Get out. As much as we shout at her to get out, it's really ah. stay, stay. Yay! This podcast would be so boring without Torg. I can see Torg's um, sigil as like a skull cup. 
Thought of it wrong, so she wouldn't be Carl. <laughs> no, no, Carl. Carl is no. <laughs> I love that question. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone else have uh, anything else to say on that? You think you belong in a different house? Uh... Just ch- ch- are you offended that you don't have a house? No, I always thought of myself as like a wildling anyway, so I'm fine with it. Really? Really? Well, in You're truth, we'd all be like the peasants anyway. Speak for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot. What about you? She's from Warmuth. I didn't sort myself. You guys can sort me. She's from Bear Island, dude. Bear Island. (laughs) Bear Island. Mormont. You are. Alright, excellent. I will, um, I've got another question here, which, um, hopefully will prompt a little bit of discussion. I don't know if you guys are interested in this topic, but the question is, and this is a rosebud question, do you think Jamie and Brienne are the epic romance of a song of ice and fire? Wait a minute, you need to explain what the rosebud questions are. Oh, we're we're doing that, are we? Okay. (laughs) Rosebud (laughs) questions. We had a, we had a very serious podcast meeting some time ago where we decided that each of us would send in anonymous questions to the podcast and title them from or say that they were from Rosebud. So these questions have been asked from the podcast crew um, and we decided that we would try and determine whose question belongs to who. So um, did you want to do that first or did you want to discuss the actual question first? Let's discuss the question first. Okay, so what do you guys think? Are Jamie and Brienne the epic I, group? I sure as hell hope not, because that can only end in tragedy. <laughs> so that's my answer. <laughs> oh, really? Yep. Nope. I don't want it. I think. You don't want it? No, I think that that can only be bad. To be the epic romance in A Song of Ice and Fire? That, that That's wow. blood and guts and death. So I hope they I don't, are. I don't know, I don't know <laughs> whether or not epic indicates that it has to be a happy ending necessarily that's what i'm saying <laughs> i'm saying no, it doesn't I'm... mean it it's gonna end happy if it's epic it's gonna be i don't know oh, i would just want them to be know. a nice quiet romance that kind of happens I'm just, I'm just saying i don't think an epic romance is uh necessarily means it's going to end in tears (laughs) in westeros well i i don't know i'm trying to think of epic romances that do not end in tears well that's true i mean there really haven't been many i mean i guess you could sort of think of uh ned and catelyn to be a a more one of well (laughs) (laughs) Well, i i do want to add that i do i do think they are i would say yes but i I'd also say that I don't think romance really factors into the main story-ish of A Song of Ice and Fire. So even though I do think it's like the main romance story, I still think it's a it's kind of a side story anyway. I don't I don't know. I mean, I think in terms of the the books they really are books based on characters. It's not it's not that the story I don't think the the books are driven by plot so much as the characters. So I think romance is actually probably a big part of what's happening, um, particularly with Jamie and Brienne. I mean, yes, we're talking about identity and and redemption arcs, but I, I also think the romance sort of ties in 
very, very strongly to that. And Brienne is a huge part of Jamie's story and Jamie is a huge part of Brienne's story. And we've said this many times now, but Jamie didn't even get a point of view until Brienne was in his, in his, uh, <laughs> periphery. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think I'd probably disagree with think- you on that. It's not a romance. It's not a romance genre. It's a fantasy genre, but, um, unlike a lot of fantasy books, I think romance actually plays a big part. Right. I mean, I know that George R. R. Martin has said that one of the themes is the struggles of the human heart and love is mm. a big heart. Yeah. Well, I mean, what do you- we wouldn't we wouldn't have the mess in Westeros we have if it weren't for love. I mean, it's kind of well, that's right. some of the epic love stories have, have been what caused most of the story to even exist. I mean, you have Liana and Rhaegar, who kind of right. sparked the yeah. whole thing to begin with. And then you have Jamie and Cersei, who are also a big yeah. part of it. And then you kind of find out, as you peel back some layers, that actually Man, Liza and Peter also were mm-hmm. a big um, spark. Right. Liza, so Liza Tully and Peter Baelish also were a big spark. So actually, some of the romances actually spurred some of the biggest bits of story that exist. Yes. Sorry, Tog, were you going to say something? Oh, no. Just, uh, th- those are pretty epic tragic romances yeah. uh and uh i think jamie and brianne in spite of everything are more of a comic romance i mean not necessarily in that it's all funny but when you look at the structure of it how they start out disliking each other and then come to like each other that's a very classic comedic storyline and comedies always end happily I don't find them. <laughs> I actually don't find them particularly comic at all. I think that there's a lot of tragedy in their story. Not, I mean, I understand what you're saying about the sort of classic trope, I guess. They of, are funny. Them. I, I gotta they, look. They yes, Jamie is funny, um, but I don't find their their stories funny. I, I think, as I said, they're sort of murdered in tragedy than uh, than anything else. Murdered in well, tragedy. A lot of sad stuff happens in, like, the classic comedies. So I wouldn't say that just because tragic things happen, it's not overall a comic, a comic story. I just, I don't, I don't really understand why you find it comedic. Yeah, I, you know, it goes both ways. I mean, a good story should have everything. It should have elements of both, right? Yeah, and I think that's certainly true. I mean, like, I, you know, I know there's kind of the the rom-com feeling that you can get from Jamie and Brienne, and definitely the show kind of, that a little bit, yeah, I think. maybe a little too heavily. Yeah, I think in the yeah. book, I, mean, I think you know, I think it is. A, it is. It's definitely a big romance. It's definitely one of the only romances that you kind of get into the heads of both people as it's yeah. happening too. Well, that's that's it. I mean, I think for me, it's more that yes, we do get both perspectives, and we've just seen it play out from the very beginning, which I'm not entirely sure we get anywhere else. Um, so it's kind of, it's, it's a unique romance in its way. Um, and I think, you know, just all the, the way that it's been so slowly built up, all the sort of subtle hints, um, it's really, George has done a sort of woven a really beautiful, um, <laughs> love story, I guess, between two people that, one you know, the, we've got one of, I was no, gonna you say, go ahead. one of the best that I've ever read. Like I had a, a moment where I'm like, holy shit. He loves her. Oh my god, he loves her. Like I got so yeah. excited. Like I never yeah. had that reaction. I think that's it. It's, 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 it's like this. What was that, Chicky? I said, "Was it the bitch slap?" Yep. Aww. <laughs> I like I that was totally that was fish pump during that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But that's yeah. the thing. Like it's been it's been such a really sort of wonderfully slow and subtle build. But you know, it's it's fairly evident to anyone who's paying any sort of attention to the books what is happening. But yeah, it does does kind of sneak up on you a little bit. I think. Definitely. Oh, yeah. George deliberately puts in a lot of misdirection with it too. He does clearly, as we see daily. People don't see it coming. So I, I think the slow build though <laughs> is still don't the greatest. The slow build is really the evidence, I would say, that's the strongest for them actually being the epic romance of yeah. the series. Yeah, I could agree with that. Yeah, well, I mean, I already feel like it's kind of epic. Just, uh, as I said, the whole tragedy involved in it, and it's just sort of this, <laughs> I don't know, it's not its not an overtly sweeping romantic story. <laughs> it's more... It's more realistic, um, honestly. Well, it is, it is. It's re- it is a realistic story, and I think... It's just a really beautiful story. We've got this sort of very, not very unattractive, an ugly, um, mannish woman who has, from the, you know, from her youth has been told that, you know, she's just, will never attract a man. She's stupid. She'll never amount to anything. Um, she's struggling to find her place in society. Um, and she, she meets this man who is at first, at first glance, someone who, you know, she immediately dismisses someone who has no honour, um, someone who she probably never anticipated that she would develop feelings for. And at this stage, she's still in love with, you know, the idealistic view she has of this, you know, Renly. Um, and then, you know, we've got Jamie, on the other hand, who has also has a sort of similarly tragic backstory in a, in a different way um, with his relationship with Cersei. And, um, you know, I guess... He's never really truly loved anyone f- for who they are because, in my opinion, his love of Cersei is something that is based on, again, an idealised concept that he has of what she should be. Mm. Um, he he thinks that Cersei is like him. Um, basically, he thinks they're, you know, two sides of the same coin or whatever. And um, he actually does mention, it was in this chapter, I think, where... Um, Brienne, they're talking about Brienne's potential rape and Brienne says, you know, if you were a woman, what would you do? And Jamie says, if I was a woman, I'd be Cersei. But, you know, I I beg to differ. I don't think he'd be Cersei (laughs) at all. I think if he was a woman, he'd be more Brienne inwardly. Yes, he looks like Cersei, but he really shares more of the, um, at, at his core, he's very much has a sort of similar moral code to Brienne. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, Jamie's love with Cersei is sort of... I think he'd you have know, higher self-esteem, it's... though. He'd be pretty. <laughs> he, he would be pretty, yeah. I'm just saying inwardly. I'm talking about their personalities. Yeah, um, yeah so, you know, to me, Jamie's coming from a background where he's only ever really loved an idea of someone. He doesn't really know what real love is. He's been sort of manipulated by Cersei. He's been isolated, really. Well, he has been isolated. And he really is still very much a teenager with his emotions. Um, So, you know, we've got two sort of damaged souls who don't really know what's going on and, and sort of slowly, slowly building up this trust and respect and finding each other. And I think that's just really, really beautiful. I agree. (laughs) <laughs> I think we all agree. Clearly, what are well we doing said. here if we don't? Right. <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't agree, get out. Yeah, okay, bye. <laughs> oh, Torque. Oh, okay. oh, no. Okay, wait. Um, <laughs> let's, can we talk about Cleos some more? Because... <laughs> <laughs> I Where think Cleos factor into all of this? <laughs> we 
Clarence. 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 Good question. She probably <laughs> thought that was a good question. I'll, you know what? It is similar to what we were just saying. Here's a question. And oh, no, I wait, didn't wait, put the names. Wait, wait we yeah, forgot to figure out who asked this question. Oh. Oh, oh, oh yeah. right. Well, I'm assuming it's Torque. Since I think she wants it's Torque. <laughs> since she wants us to try to determine it. <laughs> I think it's Chicky. I wasn't sure if it was Chicky either. I so think it did, might I'm, be Eon. I think it was YD. So fess up. Who did it? Who, who was it? Okay, it's mine. Oh, <laughs> good question, Chicky. That was one that yeah, really stood out really good. So well done. Thank you. Thank you. Well, <laughs> ID fired up, that's for sure. I'm sorry. Did anyone else want to answer that question? I actually asked and answered that question. I covered it. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, that, I've still got some horse metaphors that I wanted to discuss. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, there's a quick question. Speaking of Torg's love of Cleospray, um, I'm really sorry. I do not have the the um, the asker's name. I've, I've left it out. So please um, write in and berate me for not mentioning who this question comes from. Okay, but this is a message from Torg soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, the question is. I loved Cleos Frey in the books. Do you think they could have put him in the show or was it a good thing that they left him out? They kind of did, but it wasn't uh, Cleos. What, with um, Elton Lannister, Elton Lannister oh, or whatever yeah. his name was? The one he's Not shooting. Cleos. Right. Well, I think for at that time, whenever they introduced that cousin, if they would have introduced Cleos Frey, they would have had to fill the audience into like um, – What's it? Jenna Lannister and Emmett mm. Frey and just the whole Lannister family. And I guess they figured that the show watchers are too stupid to realize, you know, to catch on to all these different characters' names. But actually, does that yeah. ever come up again in the books? Does, uh, like, Aunt Jenna ever say, you know, what happened to my son? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Jamie tells them all about Jamie tells, yeah, Jamie tells Emmett and, and Jenna about it in Feast. About and well. it was her I, reaction. I well, they already knew he was dead, but they wanted to know how it had happened and where he was buried, etc. Okay, well, I guess oh, we'll wow. get there. <laughs> and I think um, that was by uh, via fourteen. Lol, I think. Oh, thank you, Chicky. I just put those on the list the other day, so I'm pretty sure that was hers. Awesome. Thank you. Well, thank you for sending that one in. That was um, <laughs> Torg enjoyed it. No, that was <laughs> yeah. Aww. Nice. Um, do we have some thank yous? I do. I got some thank yous. All right. All right. Um, the first one I have is Useful, useful Spinster on iTunes. Um, it's titled Candy Licking Good. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Someone needs to start singing. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> if you love funny, in-depth com- discussion of the TV show Game of Thrones and the A Song of Ice and Fire book series, you will love this podcast. If you love Jamie Landis, Lannister and or Brienne of Tarth, you will love this podcast. These ladies know what they are talking about and you should really be listening to this podcast instead of reading this review. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. 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 So that's Thanks. lovely. 
She's also Valor Fairy on Tumblr. Yes. Okay. And then we have Sapphires and Silver. She says, Hello, girls. Passing by to express how much I love this podcast. I have been hearing you since episode one, but the latest episodes are my favorites because they have to do with a Song of Ice and Fire series. I love all the regulars, but but I was very happy to hear the lovely F7th as a guest in the latest episode. I have a soft spot for non-native English speakers. You're doing a terrific job. I find myself eagerly waiting for each week's episode. Keep up the good work. Love you. Aww, we Aww, just we you. just love having as many sexy foreign accents as we can. Yes. When I say foreign, <laughs> foreign you, mean like the, you mean like the sexy yes. Australian accent? Yeah. Yes, why do you use a token sexy accent? <laughs> I'm all weathered up to that one now. I need to keep bringing in new ones. <laughs> all right. Our next one is from Via 14 LOL, and um, she said, love the episode. You spent enough time on each chapter, and it didn't drag. I couldn't believe it when you guys were wrapping up and it was finished. I wanted more. LOL. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I had to cut out about 15 minutes of that horse metaphor. You don't even know how much she went on. (laughs) (laughs) How's she talking about it now? See, she also says I was looking forward to your various opinions on certain scenes, and you guys didn't dis- disappoint. My favorite scene in Jamie One was with Brienne in the Boulder. I had a serious <laughs> what the fuck reaction, but then I remembered what world this was written in, and then I was like, "She's awesome!" That whole scene with her was so cool. I think for me, that's when my girl crush started. I love how she didn't give up when she saw that ship and came up with a plan to save them all. That's my girl. And of course, and of course, Jamie couldn't leave her behind in the water after she destroyed the Tully ship. Clearly, she was already in love with her. Clearly, he was already in love with her. (laughs) Okay. Clearly. Okay. And we have from Cynically Romantic, just wanted to say that I'm loving the reread so far. The scene at the end is one of my favorite Jamie and Brienne moments, and I'm so glad y'all are able to talk about it. I also love the in-depth horse analysis. (laughs) (laughs) I do encourage me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, she liked your analysis, Whitey. Okay. Oh, good, because I've got 15 more minutes that I can do. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> oh, I got two. I got two more. Okay. Okay. Apples are happy. Okay. Says I hope you guys are proud of yourself. Every time I see uh uh uh, or just uh, I get that silly song stuck in my head. Anyway, can't wait to listen to you guys talking about the Jamie chapters. Jamie checking out Brienne. Oh yes, keep up the awesome work. Hugs, Alice. Thank you, Alex. Okay. And last but not least, we have Jody himself. Oh, boy. Oh, oh yeah. Andy Licker. Okay. <laughs> All right. Y'all ready? Ready. I got to get, get my shoulders working for this, okay? <laughs> so I'll just, like, hum it while she reads Okay. <laughs> okay. Mr. Jody Candy Licker says, ladies, Jody is overjoyed that you've started discussing the wonderful world of ice and fire books because Jody ain't got no job. Jody has a lot of downtime because sessions oh my God. you come 
<laughs> Jody likes to read to pass the time. Jody read all of the books before watching the show. Jody re- read every word that Jamie Lannister thought about Brienne. Jamie thought he kept a close eye on the woman he loves, but Jody ain't got nothing on Jamie Lannister. <laughs> he's gonna do. He's gonna be doing some candy licking too. Oh my god! <laughs> Jody knows his candy lickers. <laughs> Jody, Jody uh, knows uh, his candy uh, <laughs> Thank you, Guile. I mean, Jody. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, yes. Uh, I love you, Jody. I love you. Yes, we love Jody. 25 nine. We get a, uh, uh, uh. 25 nine. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Okay, so uh, that's, uh. It. that's it. That's it for the thank you. Well, it's like, that's it. No more candy. Okay, so that brings us to the end of the episode and if you want to send us some more questions we love them or if you just want to say hi you can email us at close the door and at gmail.com uh, you can also join us on tumblr at close the door and come um, you can check out the reading lists for the upcoming episodes if you want to read along with us um, I also want to announce that I'm going on a hiatus for oh, a- oh yeah I didn't tell you guys right <laughs> life stuff that's boo <laughs> i'll be back yeah i and i I'll just i um i'll be gone for a few weeks but i will be happily listening i'll be enjoying that as a, a, a listener i'm kind of curious to see what that's like beautiful anarchy without you that's not true. It's going to be great. It just better not be better. I don't want a vast improvement in quality while I'm gone. No, that would never happen. <laughs> no. All right. I love you guys. Let's uh, say goodnight. I love you. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Good night. Good night.